believe today, by the end of service, God wants to speak to you. I don't say that to two or three super spiritual people. I say that from the left to the right, from the front to the back. God wants to speak to you. He's moving already in this place. And by the end of this service, if you will respond, you are going to receive a revelation of God like you never have before. Psalm 107 and verse 21. If anybody believes that, say amen. All right. If anybody's going to help me preach, say amen. All right. There's a couple of you. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with Rejoicing. It's what we were just doing just moments ago. We were declaring the works of God with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits' end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then they are glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Everybody say desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. With your attention for the next few moments, I want to preach wonders in the deep. Wonders in the deep. Would you set your Bible, your iPad, your phone, whatever it is aside, and one more time, would you lift your hands into the air and just welcome the presence of God in this place? Lord, I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, which we already feel. We are a blessed people, Lord. Uh, we are a blessed people. Uh, we do not take that for granted, but God, I want you to know that you're invited into this place. Uh, you can wreck our agenda. You can wreck our plans. I just want your spirit to move, Lord. Uh, I pray that you would add a blessing, Lord, to your already anointed word. Let it find good ground in every heart and in every mind. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead and slap your neighbor and tell him wonders in the deep. I've got a confession to make to you today. <laughs> I've got a confession. In 2007 and 2008, I was in a wonderful, warm, sandy environment of Blood Air Force Base. And it would regularly break triple digits. And it was hot. There would be long days out on the road looking for uh, devices that go boom and uh, 
John and I were tied together then, and we didn't even know it. He was manufacturing them. They were finding their way over to the Middle East. I kid, of course, but uh, they somehow would find American manufactured components and set them as roadside bombs, and things would go boom. It was a wild time. We had a blast. And there was nothing like coming back to Balad Air Base, which was previously an Iraqi air base, and there were some serious creature comforts. A lot of times when people picture being in a combat zone, they picture, you know, tents, Bugs, spiders. But let me tell you, we had an Olympic-sized swimming pool. There was a movie theater that would seat at least 500 people. The chandelier was ginormous. It was all built by Saddam Hussein years before we ever get there. And there was nothing like on a 100-degree day after you've been in your armor, your helmet, you got up super early in the morning, it's hot out. It was nothing like going to the gym and then going to the pool and just dipping in the water. Now, this was an Olympic pool, and so it was large. And on this end, it was shallow. It was about three feet deep. They had some basketball hoops and a volleyball net set up. And on that end, on that end, it was 15 feet deep or more, and there was a high dive. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The, the, not, not the springboard, but the high platform. And I remember distinctly, being in the cool water from the desert sun. And I've, I've got, you know, I had hair at that point, so I wasn't worried about sunburning my scalp. But I would be just relaxing in the cool water. And then all of a sudden, people would start getting it in their brain. We're going off the high dive. And they would begin to line up. And the platform, man, it was, I don't know how high the highest high dive is. Like, it was a standard one. I think it's 15 meters, or not meters, feet, feet. Meters would be incredible. But people would climb to the top and they would take their pose and they would begin to dive off. And some were good. They could do a flip. They could go and some would come down full belly flop from the the highest of high dives. It sounded awesome. But my confession to you is this. Never once did I go off the high dive. I know. I wanted to. I wanted to. Man, it looked fun. It looked so exciting to climb your way up to the ladder and curl your toes over the edge. And then right when it was your turn, you just jump and commit yourself to gravity. You hit that water. And that was the problem, was hitting the water. I'm not the strongest of swimmers in the world. And so I knew what would happen the moment I hit that water from my considerable height with my considerable heft. I'd be going down. And there's no telling. I know they say fat floats, but at some point I might have bobbed to the surface. But I wasn't sure how long I was going to be down there. And knowing my own abilities and knowing my own might, I decided to stay nice and safe over on the shallow end. Of the pool. To this day, I can't think of a pool that I've been to that has a high dive. That might have been my one moment, my one chance, my one opportunity to climb to the top and jump off into the deep. But you see, spiritually, spiritually, I refuse to remain content 
to splash around in the shallow end of the pool and maybe pick up the ball and throw it over there to Johnny and, 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 and wade around a little bit and enjoy the cool water. No, I refuse to just splash around in the kitty end of the pool when there's a high dive on the other side that's calling out to me. You see, the Bible says that deep calleth unto deep. And while I sat there safely ensconced in the shallow end of the pool, doubting my own abilities and my own talents and my own physical capability of swimming out of there, there was something inside of me that wanted to climb that ladder and walk to the edge and then just jump into deeper waters. I've come to tell somebody today that longing that you feel down inside Uh, That is not a discontent. That is not depression. That is not fear. That is not hopelessness. Uh, What that is calling you uh, is the deeper things of God. uh, Inviting you to step out to the edge of the platform. uh, Wade a little bit deeper in the pool. uh, And then just jump. And so by the end of this service today, uh, I believe God is going to stir somebody's heart. Uh, Maybe it's the first time you've ever been here. Maybe it's the hundredth time you've ever been here. But only you and God know uh, how content you are in the pool right now. Uh, Only you and God know uh, if you're wading around in the shallows or diving in to the deep. We read, they that go down... To the sea and ships. They do business in great waters. There's something about great waters because the Bible says that it is these that see the wonders in the deep. It is these that see the works of the Lord. There's something a little bit different about an ocean liner that travels from continent to continent. And a 15-foot little walleye boat. Don't get me wrong. I love walleye fishing. I love getting out there and trolling along, you know. But that ain't deep water. That ain't deep water when there's an ocean of seven miles depth. Now, you'd be crazy to get out there in your 15-foot aluminum lund uh, with your little 40-horse outboard tiller, and you're going to try to do it. Uh, But those that want to begin to journey out into deep waters, uh, out there in the deep waters uh, where you are committed to the sea uh, and you're committed to the things that happen, then uh, you'll begin to see the works of the Lord. Uh, It's out in the deeper waters where you're going to begin to see wonders uh, rise up in the deep. The Bible says that he commandeth and raiseth up the stormy winds, which lift up the waves thereof. It's God that begins to send the storm into your life. Uh, You might be sitting here today and you're afraid and you're thinking, man, last time I tried to go after God, everything got crazy and everything started to shift around. But the Bible says it was God uh, that raised up the stormy wind and it was God that lifted up the waves thereof. And those waves begin to mount up to the heavens and your boat begins to go up and it begins to drop down and your stomach is now in your throat and and then all of a sudden you're going right back up the other side uh, and down again and it's crashing over the bows uh, of your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Uh, You go after God and it starts getting crazy in your life. The Bible says their soul was melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits end. 
You see, it's the safest place you could ever be is when you're tossed to and fro in the sea, but you're after the deeper waters. When you're pursuing the deeper waters, you're going to reach a place at your wit's end. When you're pushing after God like you've never pushed before, you're going to find yourself in a place at your wit's end. You're not going to know what to do. You're not going to know what to say. You're not going to know which way to go next because you've committed yourself to the deeper waters and you are out of your mind. But then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. I want to tell somebody today, as you commit yourself to it, do not be afraid. Do not be stunned. Do not be discouraged by the waves. Do not be afraid because you don't know where to go next. It is like we talked about on Wednesday night. Some of the best words you could ever learn is the power of saying, I don't. No, because when you don't know, you still know who you can go to. You still know where you can look for the answer. I think of Jehoshaphat when the enemies of God were, or, or the enemies of the people of Israel were coming against Jerusalem. And Jehoshaphat, the king, in Second Chronicles 20 and 12, here he is, the king. He's the one that's supposed to have all the answers. He's the one that's supposed to understand everything. But Jehoshaphat stands in front of the people of God uh, and he begins to say, neither do we know what to do, uh, but our eyes are on you. Uh, You see, if you're in the deep today uh, and the waves be crashing over, uh, just fix your eyes on Jesus. Uh, Fix your eyes on him. Uh, You don't got to know which way the boat is pointed. Uh, Just point it into the deep uh, and fix your eyes on God. Uh, You don't got to understand how you're going to get from here to there. Uh, You don't got to understand how the checkbook is going to balance. You don't have to understand how the healing's going to come. You don't have to understand how the multiplication is going to happen. Just fix your eyes on God and stay in the deeper waters. Don't retreat to the shallows. Don't go back to the sideline. Don't push off to the edge where nothing's going on and it's calm and safe. Then they cry. Unto the Lord in their trouble. See, too many times we get into that place where the waters and the waves are going and we forget the power of your cry. You forget the power of your voice. You you forget how strong of a cry you have. And you can lift up your voice to the Lord. And the Bible says, God bringeth them out of their distresses. See, the same God that commanded and raised the stormy winds and the waves thereof. In verse 29, it says, he maketh the storm a calm. Like Brother Miller taught this morning, we're never going to know everything. We're never going to see everything. We're never going to understand everything. And for whatever reason, in his wisdom, it's him that raises the storm. And when we cry out to him, it's him that brings a great calm. So the waves are still. Then they are glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them to their desired haven. I want to tell somebody today in the Holy Ghost, God is going to take you where you want to go. 
God is going to take this church where he's promised us he's going to take us. There's a desired haven that we are going to arrive at. It is a safe place. It is a place of rest. It's the place that we've been desiring to go. But for us to get from here to the desired haven, there's some deep waters and the storm might begin to blow and it might begin to roll and we might begin to be in some trouble. But God is going to deliver you to your desired haven. We're talking about wonders in the deep today. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1, Jesus is preaching by the lake of Gennesaret. And there's two ships by the lake with no, no fishermen in them. They're washing their nets. And he gets into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And he asks him, just push out from the land a little bit. And he sat down and begins to teach the people out of the ship. And now when he was done teaching, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep. It's what we're about to do in the next few moments. When I am left speaking, God's going God's to gonna challenge us to launch out into the deep. And Jesus said, let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said, Master, we have, we've toiled all the night and it, it, it was worthless. It, we didn't catch a single fish. It sounds like you're fishing with me. I'm the guy that can't catch anything. Jimmy could be catching 14 bass and I'm over here and I'm pulling in a minnow and it's just pathetic. But Peter, he says, Master, we, we, we've been working at this for a long time and we haven't caught any of the thing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. See, sometimes you just got to stop trying and you got to start obeying. Sometimes you just got to stop trying to do it your way. Peter had fished all night his way. But now Jesus was saying, why don't you just do what I'm asking you to do? Come on, there's people in here under the sound of my voice. You've been trying to do it your way. And it's not working. And you're finding it out over and over and over again. And you feel like you're going crazy. You're running your head into a wall and nothing's going on. You're tired and you're weary and you fished all night long and nothing is to show for. Peter says, I'll throw out, I'll throw out a net. Jesus said, throw your nets. Peter said, I, I could get you one. And he threw out a net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Maybe they should have thrown out two nets. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Yes, uh, I'm sure the teaching of Jesus played a role. Uh, but there was something about stepping out into the deep uh, and launching out at the command of Jesus that brought a revelation to Peter. Uh, Peter got a revelation, not just of who God was, uh, but of who he was. Uh, he realized, no, uh, this guy's more than a teacher when them fish came up out of the deep. Uh, and he realized, I'm a sinner. Uh, I am nothing without him. I Depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Uh, somebody here today, as you step out, as you push out into the deep, God uh, is going to begin to reveal himself to you in a brand new way. Uh, you're going to begin to see things about yourself. Uh, you're going to begin to see things about God that you've never seen before. 
The Bible says he was astonished and all that were with him at the draw to the fishes which they had taken. When they brought their ship to land, they forsook all and followed him. Matthew 14 and 22, last portion of scripture we'll read together. We'll walk through a story and then I'm done. Another story of the Gospels that you are familiar with. Jesus has just finished feeding 5,000. He constrains his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him unto the other side. And he sends the multitudes away. Constrained means compelled or almost forced. He, He made them get in the ship. And he sends the multitudes away and he goes up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. Jesus put them there. Just because you're going through a storm in your life does not mean that you're not in His will. I do not think for a second or a moment that this church is not where God wants it to be. There might be storms. There might be chaos. There might be some stuff going on. uh, But God put us in a ship and sent us out into the waters. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. The fourth watch falling between 3 and 6 a.m. He let them work at it all night. Long. Uh, if you read the parallel account from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6 and verse 48, he saw them toiling in rowing. He watched them from the mountaintop while he was praying. He could see them down in the sea. He could see the storm. He could see the wind. He could see the waves. He saw the lightning and he saw them toiling in rowing. And in the fourth watch, he walks up to them walking on the sea. And Mark says, Would. Uh, have passed them by. There they were putting their backs into it with everything that they had. They were rowing with everything that was within them. They were men, many of them men of the sea. They'd been over these waters before, but Jesus comes walking and is acting like he's going to pass them by. And the disciples see him walking on the sea. They're troubled and they, they begin to say it's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus uh, spake unto them saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And many of us would be satisfied just to know it's Jesus. But Peter does something different at this point. Peter hears that it's Jesus. And the same Peter that before said, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Now, now he sees Jesus in the storm on the water. And Peter says, Lord, if that's really you, bid me come unto you. And Jesus says to him, come. Hear me right now in the Holy Ghost. 
The storm in your life might be real and it might be intense uh, and the waves might be rolling and the lightning is crashing and you don't know how it's all going to come together. But there's a voice from the waves that's calling you today. uh, And that voice is saying, come, uh, come out of the boat, uh, come out of your pew, come out of your situation, step out uh, onto the waters with me. And so Peter walks on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Let's all stand together in this place. Let's lift our hands in this house right now. And with your hands, would you lift your voice in this place? In just, just a moment, I'm going to open these altars. Again, I feel in the Holy Ghost that I'm preaching both to those that have been in church all their life and those that are here for the very first time today. No matter how deep you get, there's still more for you. Being satisfied with status quo in your life is a death knell to becoming stagnant, becoming complacent. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 7, I saw this for the very first time this morning. The Assyrians were closing in on the kingdom of Judah. And Judah sent messengers to the nation of Egypt and they began to ask him for help. And the prophet told them, the Egyptians shall help in vain. And to no purpose, therefore, have I cried concerning this. But watch this. Their strength is to sit still. Egypt was a superpower. It was a a nation that was large. It was well respected. It was it was huge. It was wealthy. It was the only hope Judah had uh, to counter the rising threat of Assyria. But the Bible says uh, the only power that Egypt had was to sit still. And I feel the Holy Ghost telling us today. Our strength cannot be in our ability to sit still. Our strength cannot be in our ability to hold the line, stay status quo, to be just this this same thing, uh, to splash around contentedly. Oh, uh, we had a great time just a few moments ago uh, with the glory. I am not belittling that. I'm not not making light of that. uh, But would to God everybody uh, would be a part of that when the glory of God begins to move in this house. Would to God uh, that it would continue as we leave this house. Would 
to God uh, at your own home, uh, you would begin to dive out into deeper waters, not waiting for a Sunday service, uh, not waiting for the worship team to work something up, not waiting uh, for a tingle down your spine, not waiting uh, for that moment when everybody comes together, uh, but diving into the deeper waters on Monday morning. uh, When you roll out of bed, your strength no longer content to sit still, uh, but you're going to hit the floor uh, and you're going to begin to call out those deeper things of God uh, that you feel stirring your heart. Uh, You're going to begin to answer with the deeper parts of yourself uh, and you're going to begin to call out to God with everything that you are. Maybe it's time. I say this with all the love that I can muster. It's time for you to step out of your pew and step into the deep. It's time for you to be discontented with the shallow end of the pool. I I, I don't want to. Yeah, I want to go to heaven. I think that's the desire and the goal of everybody in this room right now. I want to make heaven my home, but I I, I don't want to just get there. I want to take as many people with me as possible. I want to add another jewel in my crown. I I want to be like Jesus. I want to, I want to walk with him and have fellowship with him uh, now. So here's what we're going to do today. Again, I'm preaching to every person under the sound of my voice. If you have a desire in your heart. If you feel something stirring inside of you to go further in God, I want you to come to the front together in this place. Maybe, again, maybe it's your first time here. Maybe it's your hundredth time here. It does not make a difference. It does not matter uh, because God is going to work with each and every one of us. God uh, is going to move on each and every one of us. Only you and God uh, know if you've launched out into the deep. See, you could fool me. I could think you're swimming in deep waters, but God, God knows where he's got you and God knows what he's got you going through in this place. Uh, Some of the kids that were here just for VBS, why don't you come join us together today? We're not going to just sit back and relax. Uh, This is the time to go after him.